0: Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We ask that you speak to us this morning through your word. And that your spirit unlocks our heart and opens our ears to hear. In Christ's name, amen. It had been, it had been kind of a weird series of time. There were ups and downs, but overall it was very frustrating. Moses had led the people, quite miraculously so, out of Egypt. These amazing demonstrations of God's power. The parting of the Red Sea. The great victory, the arrival at the mountain. He goes up, he gets the law. This is going to be the birth of the new nation. Everything's going to be great. And then he comes back down. And they've already descended into idolatry. They've taken all their gold and their jewels and everything, they've melted it down, they've made this cow thing, and they're dancing around like morons worshiping this thing, saying, this is our God. And Moses is just, he's, he's shocked. What do I do with this? And he grabs Aaron, his brother, who's like, he's supposed to be the high priest of these people. And he's like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I didn't know what to do. You're on know, the mountain. And they, I panicked, and so we did it. It like... He's so Moses is so frustrated and so angry, he actually takes the stone tablet that has the law of God on it and just throws it on the ground and breaks it. And then a lot of people are killed. And then God needs to throw in his two cents of this and sends a plague and more people die. And you've got to imagine that the uh, the morale among the community is not good. And you got to imagine for Moses, like, I don't know how to need these people anymore. I don't even know where we're going. I don't even know what the point is. Like, like, we went, I came in, they were crying out to God, they wanted to follow God, and then we got here and immediately they fell away. I'm so frustrated, I don't know what to do. I don't even know what the point of any of this is anymore. But God comes to him and calls him. And so once again, he grabs some stone tablets... And he climbs up the mountain to encounter God. Now, many, many, many years later, there's this guy named Elijah. And he has had kind of a weird time. He's been on the run most of his life, but he's always boldly spoken for God. And he just had this amazing display of God's power. You see, there were these there were The the king of Israel was corrupt. His wife had brought in all of these other prophets and priests from these pagan religions. And Elijah finally had his chance. He got them all up together on the mountaintop, and he humiliated the prophets of the false god Baal. They called and cried and ran around like idiots trying to get their god to do something, and he wouldn't do it. He never showed up, and Elijah had the best time making fun of them. And then, this amazing display of God's power, calling down fire from heaven to consume this altar, like, it left, it was so definitive that there's no question that the God that Elijah was following, that the Lord, the true God of, of Israel, was the true God. And the prophets of Baal scattered, and the people were rallied, and this was going to be great, everything was going to come back together. And then the next thing he knows, No. It turns out that uh, the prophets of Baal, there's still some of them out there, and that the corrupt queen that brought them all in is now out to kill him. And now he's on the run again. And it's like all of this greatness, all of this wonderful thing was just for nothing. What's the point? I'm the only one left. They're going to kill me, and then this is going to be the end of this. Why go on? And as he's on the run, he hears from God. And so he climbs the mountain. Many, many years later, Jesus has had quite an interesting time. (laughs) He has shown up in force. People are so excited to listen to what he has to say. They are so excited to see him heal, to see him cast out of demons. He speaks as not like the people that they used to hearing him speaking. He has authority. He's different. And there's a lot of buzz and excitement going around, on around him. But at the same time, there are these powerful religious leaders that are very much against him, that are very invested in maintaining the status quo. And the status quo is not that great. And he's got these disciples with him that like, seem so excited they want to be there, but they are so clueless. Every time he tries to say something to get through to them, it, they just don't get it. They don't understand what they're doing. And he's frustrated. And he's even tried to tell them recently, who, who do people say that I am? And he gets it. Every once in a while, it shines through. Peter, you're the son of God. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> And then he's like, Yeah, I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to have to die. And Peter's like, No, 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 you can't talk like that. That's not what's going to happen. That's not what's going to happen. It's like, Come on, Peter, don't you get it? No, he doesn't get it. They don't ever get it. He's frustrated and continuing on his journey. And so he decides to take with him Peter, James, and John. And they climb the mountain. And they get to the top of the mountain. Peter, James, John, and Jesus. And they see two other guys that just finished, that have just arrived at the top of the mountain. Now, the gospel story is written from the perspective of Peter, James, and John. It's very frightening, it's very mysterious, it's very magical. There's this blinding light. The clothes there are very radiant. There's confusion, right? Peter wants to make tents for some reason. He doesn't know why, but it seems like the right thing to do. But just for a moment, let's imagine what it was like for the other three up there. Here comes Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. What do they talk about? Moses, man, I gotta imagine something like this. Guys, I, I'm here. I climbed the mountain. I don't want to do these people. They are a wicked and corrupt generation. They've probably already reverted to idolatry down there. I, I mean, I guess we could try the law again. I, I don't know if I even bring them laws, if they're going to follow them, if it's going to make any sense, if it's going to make any difference at all. They're going to forget, they're going to turn away. We're just going to be stuck here waiting in the wilderness for the rest of our lives. I don't see what the point is. Elijah is right there with him. He's probably like, yeah, Moses, you know what? You're right. I'm with you. I've been on the run my whole life. We have these moments where I think we are starting to break through, but honestly, I'm the last one. There's nobody else that's going, to, that's going to carry this on. It's going to die with me. I've been speaking for God, and nobody's listening. It's not going anywhere. I don't know what the point is. I don't want to go back. And then there's Jesus. He probably has something to say like, yeah, guys, I totally know what it feels like. I've been down there too, in the mire, among the people, doing some good, experiencing a lot of frustration. And when we're down there, amidst everything going on, it is really hard to see where we're going. You can't really see the big picture when you're down there. That's why we came up here, right? So we could try to get a better view of things. But Moses, you got to bring the law down. I mean, I know that they seem like they're not going to get it. And I know that they're just crazy. But but you have to understand, they need it. These people need a framework. They don't have any concept, any way of understanding what we're trying to do here. They need the law. These people are so far from being able to understand what we're doing and you're one of them. This whole experience, like, it feels kind of like a face-to-face thing, but we're actually kind of holding back a little bit from you, Moses. It's as if, kind of a crude metaphor, if go with me, it's as if God put his hand over you as you're hiding in the rock and his glory passed by. Like you're here with us, but we're trying to hold back so we don't overwhelm you. But they need the law. And I know you can't see how it's going to go, but you've got to follow And Elijah, I can imagine Jesus goes up to Elijah and softly whispers to him, Why did you come up here? You're not the last one. There are many other followers of me already. And there will be more to come. I always have people out here. Elijah, you gotta go back down the mountain. And I know it seems futile, and I know that it doesn't look like there's gonna be anything that comes out of this. But these people need you. They need the voice, they are about to they're about to be cast out of their home. And they need the voice from the wilderness to be calling to them, to help prepare them. You need to pass on your legacy. They need to hear from God. For you, because Moses, your story with the law, and Elijah, your story with prophecy, your stories lead into my story, and I've got a place that I have to go that I'm not excited about going to either. But up here on the mountain with the two of you, it's a little bit easier to see. We may lose sight of it when we get back down there again. Let's enjoy this moment. And I think about that time, there's a big thunderous voice that shows up. And it says, this is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. And then the experience is over. And they all go back down the mountain. Moses goes down. And when he gets back down, people can't even look at him. His transfiguration hasn't worn off all the way. So he's got to put a veil over his face. But he's down there and he gives them the law. And he tries to get it into their hearts and some of it sticks. And he leads these people through the wilderness all the way up to the promised land. And it's not an easy path and it's not, it's not smooth sailing, but they do it. And Elijah, he comes back down the mountain with another renewed sense of purpose. And he goes and he finds a man who has a name that's way too similar to his for us to keep track. <laughs> Elisha. And makes it his disciple. And he passes his legacy on the legacy of listening to God, of speaking for God, of being the voice from the wilderness, proclaiming and warning and letting people know what's to come. And Jesus, with his three knuckleheads, Goes back down the mountain. And as soon as he gets back down off the mountain, he's back in it. There's a crowd. There's a, there's there's activity. People are screaming. People are upset. There's a father and a son as a demon. And the, apostles, the disciples can't cast it out. And Jesus is just like, it's a wicked and corrupt generation. Then he heals. And he gathers his followers together. And he sets his face towards Jerusalem. So, this morning, what did you like about this story that you just heard?
1: I've never thought of um, that scene as outside of time. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, that was an amazing fun experience, right? Just, it, just to think through, what if it's, it was all concurrent with them in their mountain journey. Um, that was, that was a little bit of uh, uh, an, an awe moment. Thanks.
2: John. I've heard this saying that history does not repeat itself, but it rhymes. Hmm so that's what I got I had never I I knew the stories but I had never seen them rhyme
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's a rhyme twain
0: twain was the ah Nice. Jim Um, sometimes when we're in the midst of despair it
2: feels
4: very alienating and lonely um and
2: there's a lot of comfort that comes in and sharing or just mm. walking through things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Ted, for me, it's, uh, you always hear mountaintop experience uh-huh. talk, but yet, in each of these mountaintop experiences, whether you take it with this uh, scenario or you actually go to the text where you chose the other scenario, mm-hmm. those are not Great emotional, wonderful experiences. I mean, no, yeah, no. This is okay. Here's your mountaintop experience. Shut up. Go down. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great.
0: Is there anything that you didn't like about this story, John?
2: There are people type one we should all be perfect you know nobody's perfect so I'm like hey mm-hmm. yuck then and now by the way just same yeah
1: I like it until Daryl talked about my um, thought
2: experiences <laughs> <laughs> thanks Daryl <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna sort of, it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I do think that that's still true, um, but I, it, it reminds me of, of Martin Luther King, who got up and said, "I've been to the mountaintop, right? mm-hmm. um, and I'm not worried about it anymore," because mm-hmm. um, he got perspective, mm-hmm. um, and and it wasn't that what he was facing. Because um, he was still getting death threats, and soon an after that speech, would die. uh, but he died. He, but he—he—it wasn't that the situation had changed; it's that his perspective has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thats it, it uh, amazingly congruent with what Darren said. That there is—those aren't good situations, but God's working us to change our perspective, and not necessarily our situation. Mm-hmm like that. Thank
0: you. Yeah, maybe the uh,
5: I think the fact that history rhymes uh, that you have though changed perspective and new opportunities is moments of hope that the story of humanity continues to be one that's hard and broken and fragmented and, uh, and that we keep finding new ways to screw things up yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know there's there's on one side for me this deep hope that God continues to enter into all of it mm-hmm. but also like sweet Lord you Will, will things ever turn around?
0: Yeah.
5: Or resisted the urge to say up to fire.
0: <laughs> and yes.
5: <laughs>
0: That's true.
2: I don't like when I can see something that happens and I want to be very judgmental towards um, them when Moses is on the mountain. And he comes down, and they know that they're not supposed to be doing what they're doing, and they did it anyway, because mm-hmm. they've already been warned. And, <laughs> well, as feel said it sounds like we're children. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it sounds like me sometimes. Um, when I find myself, you know, um, I tend to worry a lot. And, you know, I know God says, don't worry and trust me. And so... I see, I see me in them, and yet I want to be very judgmental. Like, Y'all know better. Y'all know God's taking care of you, and now He tells you not to do this, and you do it anyway. And so I don't like that story because I see me in that story. Uh-huh. Um,
0: uh-huh. But. Thanks. What did we learn about God? in this story this morning. John. Long-suffering. Long-suffering. That's a King James way of saying patient, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I like long-suffering
3: better. Yeah, I think long-suffering
0: captures the emotion better. But yes, I'm with you.
3: I think maybe that... He doesn't show up in the way we want or expect him to show up. Okay. In all of these stories there was this desire for this really tangible physical present way to show up. And he I mean in a way he did for Elijah. Uh-huh. You know, he set the the thing on fire and shamed all these people, but even that manifestation of his physical power didn't bring about the real and present change that Elijah was seeking. Um, and to me it's a meditation about how God's time and God's ways are not our own mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's interesting to see these people over millennia today you know, over the various millennia wrestling with that mm-hmm. uh, and here we still are today it depends on the day whether you catch me whether I find that hopeful or discouraging
2: here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you Thing for me, the Elijah story is such a powerful story for me personally, Um, it just resonates in many ways. Um, But the thing that Elijah experiences is is the presence of God says something there because right before then, when he's on that mountain, he has an earthquake, he has a ball of fire, he has a giant, traumatic wind, and every time he says, God was not in the earthquake, he was not in the wind. No, he just experienced God's fire coming down from the sky. And then he's over here, and he sees all these powerful, but God wasn't there. And he goes out, there's a gentle wind blowing, and God says to him. What are you doing? And the the message to me is, I don't operate the way you think I should. Mm. I don't always use these great, amazing things of power. You're just going to trust me. I think that's really where, and it's that perspective. It's perspective we have not been able to get a hold of mm-hmm. uh, most of the time, mm-hmm. personally. I,
1: I think your telling of uh, the story as a comparison event mm-hmm. uh, has shown me something that I hadn't never seen before, and that's as God announces His pleasure over Jesus, but that kind of cascades on the, the guys, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and they, they walk away um, being covered by Jesus' God's pleasure in Jesus in the same way that God's pleasure in Jesus covers humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that statement was not just reserved for Jesus, but it was an announcement about humanity yeah. that he's pleased with yeah. um, because of Jesus' work. That's that's uh-huh. I mean. Yeah, I love the... Uh, oh, go ahead, Chris.
4: No, I think part of the three stories put like concurrently going at the same time. Like I think we've been hitting the theme perspective, and just like the way perspective. Like the takeaway I, I get from it is like we were talking about God within in the earthquake, like the disciples building like three temples or, or three three shelters. It, just, it totally makes sense. Like hey like. Man, we saw this awesome thing. Let's build a monument and let's like remember this, right? Because that's something that I would definitely do, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh man, I remember living in my friend's house. I'm gonna keep my t-shirts forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, no I totally get that. Like, no <laughs> <can> get that.
5: <laughs>
4: or, or like, oh man, this awesome thing happened, and but yet, like, I we have had this spiritual victory, and yet, but I'm being chased by this the evil queen, like. I love how God's perspective or how He speaks is just going to be in the most in non-traditional way I think, and like apply to us. Like I think God will show up in the most non-traditional ways for ourselves. Like who like I think maybe a way to correlate that is like who knows like God could be speaking through the mouth of the drag queen, right? Like it just it's not in this nice, pretty box um, that God will show up, like, can show up and will do, like, show, like, his, like, share his love or share his enlightenment or his power. So that's what I think my
5: Yeah, connect to that. I, was, yes. uh, I love the uh, Anne Lamott quote, you know, you fashion God into your own likeness when God hates all the same people you do. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um and I think it's true <laughs> the other way. You know you fashion God uh, into your own likeness when God um, mm-hmm. likes all the same things you do. Mm-hmm. you know, the Israelites try to capture God in a calf. Peter tries to in these shelters. And God is constantly doing a new thing. I think it's a, it's a good reminder that the moment we think we have God uh, figured out or pinned down, even in the smallest way, mm-hmm. is probably the moment when uh, we don't. Mm -hmm. God wants to do a new thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is both uh, really really hopeful and a little bit terrifying
0: (laughs) last question regardless of where your faith is right now if you were to apply what we learned about God to something in your life this week what would that look like?
3: That Thank
2: you. John. I'm not naturally long suffering. No surprise. Uh, and when I, and I've gossiped me through a long, difficult, complicated, painful journey these 65 years. I look around people, they're in their 30s and 40s, and I want them to be as mature as me yesterday. And I get really impatient. You know, you should know better as well. Holy oh, spirit slapping me around, uh, "Son, you have gone through a whole lot of boobah to get here. They just—they have been around as long as you young dog. So, like, have a little patience, a little suffering with them." God talks to you from Texas, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
4: you. I say, "Shut up and go down the
2: mountain." You've said that a few times. <laughs> but I think that's really uh, the message for me. Is, um, it's easy for me not to be engaged with people. Isn't mm-hmm. that funny? Because um, of what I do. Uh, mm-hmm. And i want to be traveling again, i want to be engaged with different churches again, and all that. But what am I doing for everyone <coughs> to be engaged with people? I'm at my stand-up desk at home, I'll getting ready to go <laughs> to these other places um, I've just experienced a, uh, a new coffee shop in Washington where this week I'm going there just to, <coughs> just to meet these people that learn it mm-hmm. and develop relationship. and I think that's where um, shut up and go down the mountain is for me awesome
0: thank you Daryl <coughs> Thank, thanks, everybody, for sharing. So, this week um, kicks off a new lesson series. We're going to be entering, um, starting on Wednesday, into the season of Lent. And that is a journey that we take with Jesus. Um, it's a time of preparation. It is... Um, where we follow his path of obedience all the way to the cross. And so I like that coming down off of the mountain, he comes down with this new focus, with his face set toward Jerusalem. Um, And so you can go ahead and show the picture. Um, So over the next several weeks, we will be following through... um, stories mostly from the Gospel of Luke, as we check in on Jesus and on his disciples, as they follow him down this path that they don't understand. And so I encourage us all to continue to try to put ourselves in this story and follow along. We don't know where we're going. We know who we're following. And we trust that he's leading us to a good place. Shall pray with me? Lord, there is so much that we don't understand. We are down here in the middle of it, and sometimes things seem to go well, sometimes things, things seem to go horribly, and there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. We look for patterns, we look, we try so hard to see evidence of you acting in this world so that we can latch on to it. Strengthen our faith, God. Open our eyes to see it and lead us. Lead us through this path. Give us that clarity of vision that can come from being up high. We can see where we're going. And maybe, maybe we, we don't even get to see the full picture. Maybe we don't know how it all works out together. We don't. But lead us so that we can do our part following this path. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus, and especially God, come quickly. Amen.